everybody, I'm Ryan from Fireside Yankees, and in today's video, we're talking about Bob Clappish's report from NJ.com detailing that the Yankees are out on Blake Snell, they are not going to be able to compromise and come to an agreement. Now, on the Fireside Yankees podcast, me and Alex have discussed a kind of the rumors around Blake Snell, the interest level in giving him a contract, um, you know, what that contract could look like, and the conclusion we reached to every single time, especially after signing Marcus Stroman, was that barring the unforeseen decision from Blake Snell's perspective to take on a short-term deal, the New York Yankees weren't going to end up with Blake Snell, and that he was going to sign elsewhere, and this report basically confirms that. Now, is it impossible for Blake Snell's market to completely crash? No. I mean, this free agency has been very weird, but I foresee that another team will give him a big-time deal, or at least a deal of a long-term deal, something of a six- to seven-year contract that meets more of what Boris is demanding for Snell. And look, from Snell's perspective, why would he take a short-term deal to reset his value, right? He's coming off of a Cy Young year. He led the league in ERA with a 2.25 ERA. He had a six-war, according to Baseball Reference. He had 108 innings pitched, a 234 strikeouts. Those are his best marks since his 2018 season. There is no reason for him to take a shorter-term deal uh, and reset the market and try to, you know, hit the market again next year. You don't know if he's going to get hurt. You don't know if he's going to repeat his 2023 season. You don't know if he's going to take a step back. He'll also be another year older. He's entering his age 31 season. How many teams are going to give a long-term commitment to a 32-year-old starter with two years making 30 or more starts in a season? But from the Yankees' perspective, why would they give him a long-term deal? Again, for all the reasons that you would say... He's a great pitcher. He does a lot of things really well. You would also say, well, he's only made 30 starts twice in his career. He's only pitched 180 and two-third innings as his career max for innings pitched. He's only reached the 100 inning plateau, 180 inning plateau two times in his major league career. And there are a lot of inconsistencies. Now, do I think he shook out a lot of those inconsistencies this year? Do I think he made legitimate skill progressions? Absolutely. I think the increased reliance on his breaking balls, the increased reliance on his slider, his curveball, his changeup, all those pitches helped mask a four-seam fastball that just really hasn't been that good for him in his major league career, despite how good the stuff is and how good the velocity is. Now, from the Yankees' perspective as well, they have to make a long-term commitment to Juan Soto at some point. They, they need to give him a big-time contract. I don't think it'll be an extension. I think it'll come in the offseason, in free agency, but they're going to need to give him a big-time deal. There's no doubt about it. And from the Yankees' perspective, any money that you would spend on Blake Snell and reportedly, according to Bob Clappish, the Yankees might have been willing to go to $28 million a year. If they do $28 million a year for five years, that's essentially the Carlos Rodon deal. That's about a $170 million commitment for the next six or seven years. That's a lot of money, and that might preclude you from signing Juan Soto, or if you were to sign Juan Soto, it precludes you from doing virtually anything else. You would have three starters in your rotation making over $25 million in Cole, Rodon, and Snell. All three of them would be making that money into their 30s, and I'm just not a fan of that. And all three of them, with the exception of Cole, are, and you would even have to throw Cole in there because he is a pitcher, and pitchers can get hurt like this, are massive injury risks, or at least present some form of an injury risk. I don't think that Blake Snell's a bad pitcher. I don't think that Blake Snell's a fluke. I don't think that Blake Snell is a mediocre starter who just happens to have a great year. I think Blake Snell is a top 20 pitcher in the league, but I don't think Blake Snell will be a top 20 pitcher in the league for a very long time, and I don't believe the New York Yankees should give him that contract, giving the opportunity cost and what it could preclude for them. 
They did have interest in Jordan Montgomery as well. His market seems to keep falling. Uh, I don't know if the Rangers are that involved. It seemed like the Rangers and Montgomery would just find a reunion at some point, but it's growing increasingly unlikely that that's going to happen. Um, you know, you would say the Boston Red Sox, that's a team that makes total sense for Jordan Montgomery. His wife is actually staying or studying at Boston College, um, and Jordan Montgomery's familiar with the AL East and with the East Coast, but he's probably not signing there as well because the Red Sox are li likely not making the offer necessary for them to get him. So, there are a lot of question marks. There's a lot of fluidity in this free agent market, but don't expect the Yankees to jump on any situations, barring something unforeseen coming to the forefront. Look, if Jordan Montgomery were to take a one-year reset prove-it deal, yeah, the Yankees might be all over that. But what are the chances that Jordan Montgomery signs a one-year deal? As of right now, they're very low. Same thing with Blake Snell. Same thing with a lot of guys in this free agent market. There's a reason why they didn't go after Josh Hader. There's a reason why they're not pursuing a guy like Matt Chapman. There's a reason they're not pursuing a guy like Cody Bellinger. Or, you know, trying to jump on, on an opportunity to catch Montgomery or Snell in the falling market. And that's because they don't believe these guys are worth that money. And it's because they know that their payroll's over $300 million right now. And they're going to have some financial commitments and some decisions to make. Not just right now, but at the deadline as well. Bob Clappish wrote about the Yankees potentially having interest in Corbin Burns at the deadline. They've showed some interest in him in the offseason. But the Milwaukee Brewers opted to keep him and compete for next year. Uh, which is the right decision in my mind. Uh, I believe that they should try to compete if they're very good and they win the World Series. Which, you know, the ma Major League playoffs are kind of a fluke. You can kind of go in there and as long as you're hot at the right time, you can win it all. Um, and, and if you win a World Series, you kind of justify all, it, it justifies the means. And the Brewers kind of sit back and say, well, we brought a title. It doesn't matter if we don't bring back Corbin Burns and all that stuff. But if they uh, are, are to fall out of it, he's certainly a guy that can get moved. And he's certainly a guy that the Yankees could, could use. And if you look at maybe if you wanted to pay a starting pitcher, Corbin Burns is a free agent next year. So is Zach Wheeler. There are certainly what I believe to be better starters that are going to be out there that are going to get better value contracts. And that definitely are top of the line, you know, 30 starts a year, uh, you know, strike out 200 plus batters, sub, you know, 3-5, 3-4, 3-3, or even lower for the ERA. Those are guys I think are workhorses and pair with Garrett Cole excellently. I don't necessarily feel that way about Blake Snell on a long-term deal. But again, on a short-term deal, totally different conversation. I just don't think the likelihood of him taking one is very high. And for those wondering if, you know, why are, are people saying the Yankees contract is off the table? Well, not only does Bob Clappers reporting it, and you could say, well, you know, maybe he's not a credible reporter, whatever it may be, whatever opinions you have about the media right now, given the state of the offseason and how many inaccurate reports we've had. What we do know is that Blake Snell turned down the Yankees six-year offer. And in a legal sense, we're talking about U.S. contracts. When an offer is made, if said offer is rejected, the deal no longer exists and the contract no longer exists. And I want to shout out my business law teacher for my freshman year for teaching me that. Um, but yeah, you cannot have an offer remain on the table if the offer has been rejected. So if Blake Snell turned down the Yankees offer, the offer no longer exists. And obviously his demands are pretty incredible. He asked for seven, uh, nine years, $270 million, which the Yankees were never going to mask. And, you know, again, I just, just to clarify, like, I, I don't think the Yankees or anybody are going to even come close to that number. Um, but end of the day, I, I do think Blake Snow will end up somewhere on a long-term deal. It just won't be the Yankees. I think it'll probably be like a team like the Angels where they just have a lot of money to spend and they're a team that may be less wise with their financials and care a little bit less about long-term stability or because they just need stars. And let's be real here, the Angels don't really have any stars right now. They have Mike Trout, but outside of that, it's nothing could use a guy like Blake Snell. It could drive up attendance. You're going to sign the NL, you know, Cy Young winner. It definitely helps. Um, but where this pertains to the Yankees, it's not that the Yankees aren't better with Blake Snell. It's just that it doesn't make much financial sense. So 
We want to know what you guys think in the comment section below. You know, the Yankees are currently very involved in the reliever market. Expect them to land one of the four guys that we've been talking about in Ryan Brazier, uh, Phil Maton, Juani Peralta, and Keenan Middleton. They yesterday made a claim on Matt Gage and ended up designating Diego Castillo, an infielder from the organization who actually was a former prospect and traded for Clay Holmes. Um, he, he, was been, he was designated for assignment. So the Yankees have added some left-handed relief depth. I do expect them to add somebody on a major league contract. Will it be Peralta? Will it be Middleton? Will it be Phil Maton? Will it be uh, Ryan Brazier? Who knows? But I anticipate them to land one of the four. Uh, I'm not saying it's a lock. I'm not saying that it's guaranteed. But considering their levels of interest of bringing in a reliever and considering the fact that they have two guys in that group that were with the organization last year, I would assume they have a pretty good chance of adding somebody before the offseason draws to a close. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys so much. Again, let us know what you guys think in the comment section below. Is it good that we're out on Snell? Would you pay Snell what he's asking for? Which again, it's nine years, $270 million. If you were to make an offer to Snell, what would it be? Um, which reliever should we sign? We want to know all that stuff and more. You guys can join the conversation on various social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and of course this YouTube page. And you guys can check out empiresportsmedia.com. That's where we have all of our New York sports content, our written content. We've got reports. We're covering everything for you guys. And of course, you guys can check me out on Twitter at Ryan Garcia ESM. We'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for, stick, for sticking by for the entire episode and peace out.